holy hour of power, the Terry and Jesse show. We promise you that this hour is not going to be low energy Catholic radio. <laughs> Two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. This is where we speak the truth in charity. We engage the culture of death with prayer, fasting, and full contact Catholicism. We are your spiritual fitness trainers. And I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? I'm here, Jesse. I got lots of texts from people saying that both of us were must have had our Wheaties this uh, yesterday morning because <laughs> they were like, you guys were fired up. Well, I'm fired up because, Jesse, I know time is short. Yeah. In my own life and in the life of everyone because there's an expiration date. And we only have so many minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years on this planet. Let's make the most of it. So mm-hmm. today, Jesse, we're going to have... A, a clip that is six minutes long of Tucker Carlson. He's saying things that I wish our clergy would be saying. Mm. And he said it in such a profound, simple way. How can you be profound and simple? It's because he speaks from the heart, Jesse. That's yeah. what he does. So that's what we're going to do for our, our, when we come back from the our second segment. The third segment, interesting, uh, <laughs> the article from Church Miller says, St. Fossey Fall from Grace. Well, We're going to talk about what he says about his Catholic faith. And it's so typical, unfortunately, of of a a Catholic who just thinks the Catholic Church is, well, it sits there, but, you know, I know better. I have my own conscience, and, you know, I do what I want to do. But, you know, I'm still called a Catholic. Millions of Catholics are like that, Jess. Wow. Also, we're going to talk about, uh, I think, you know, conservative Ann Coulter attacks pro-life law. And Rick Santorum, Santorum, who I know quite well over Took the years, on. has had an amazing mm-hmm. response. So that's going to be, uh, I think, an important topic there. But, you know, just before we get to that, we're going to get the soul food. But I just wanted to mention something. You know, the Supreme Court's going to be uh, dev- deciding on this abortion pill that people can get through the mail. And OBGYN doctor says that the abortion pill injures 20% of women who take it, uh, and many women have died. So I need to know, file. Please don't let your wife or your friend take these abortion pills because they are deadly to many people, and they also wound a woman's uh, opportunity to have life. So that's a, that's our news. I should say that's my need to know file. How about yours, Jess? Just a few. Uh, here, here's one. Uh, the purge continues, Terry. I hate to say it. Yeah. This. this uh, it pains it pains me uh, to share this, but the Vatican abruptly asks conservative bishop to leave. A Vatican representative has asked Bishop Emeritus Jose Luis Ascona of Marajo, Brazil, to leave the prelature's territory before his successor is installed early next year. A diocesan official said the the nunciature gave no notification or explanation of the shocking move. Bishop Ascona participated in the controversial Amazon Synod and boldly criticized liberal participants' calls for ordaining women and incorporating indigenous cultic practices into Catholic worship. So he's being told to get out. Well, that's consistent with the Vatican today. They're doing that to anybody who's Orthodox. That's a very sad commentary, but we need to know about it. Let's pray for that cardinal that he uh, will be able to handle that at rejection and unite it with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. That's right. Also, woman pleads guilty to defacing Ohio Pro-Life Center. Whitney Durant, 20, pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge under the Freedom of Access to Clinic entrances. 
After vandalizing an Ohio pro-life pregnancy center in April, Durant had to face a center by spray painting the words liars, fund abortion, abort God, and Jane's revenge, according to the Department of Justice. Uh, yeah, Terry, the, the attacks against the Catholic Church, there's over 350 attacks since Roe versus Wade. Yeah. And uh, why? Because the devil and the woke left, they know the P.O. box of the one true church. That's Amen. Why. And when we come back after this, after the gospel and the commentary, you're going to hear Tucker Carlson defend life like like nobody. And I think it's awesome that we have that clip. But just uh, and this, I got one more. Got one, one more, more good news. Yeah. yeah. Ohio Republican representative defends satanic display. What? Wow. What? Iowa Republican state. Representative John Dunwell defended the Satanic Temple of Iowa's temporary holiday Satanic display in the Iowa State Capitol building last week, arguing the Satanists had a constitutional right to erect a demonic display. Hmm. Guess what? This uh, Republican state rep, he's a Protestant pastor. Surprise, surprise. So sad, so sad. All right, yeah, the, brother, anything these, else? Yeah, the Protestants have so pretty sad. much caved in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And especially the Anglicans. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. yeah, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Today's gospel, Matthew chapter 11, verses 11 to 15. If you want to see the, the toughest man in the planet, here it is. Jesus is going to tell us about him today. <laughs> Jesus said to the crowds, Amen, I say to you, among those born of women... There has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent are taking it by force. All the prophets and the law prophesied up to the time of John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah, the one who is to come. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Two things I want to make a comment on. Number one, the Bible says very clearly, if you want to know who the greatest saint on planet earth, the greatest prophet is John the Baptist. Oh, yeah. Who said it? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Yep. No greatest prophet on planet earth. Okay. Also, notice what Jesus also says here, which is something that goes against Protestant fundamentalist uh, one saved, always saved. Just say the sinner's prayer and you're going to heaven. It doesn't matter what you do in the future. Your salvation is signed, sealed, and delivered. Really? Look at what Jesus says about salvation. He says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the, and the violent are taking it by force. What does that mean? You read the, the approved authors in the Catholic Church on the violent are taking it by force. When I mean the approved authors, the fathers of the church and the scholastics. That's what I mean when I say the approved authors. The church fathers, doctors, and scholastics. The approved authors say that that means that the individual person, what does it mean the violent take it by force? It means you're doing violence against yourself. Penance, mortification, fasting, ascetical practices, uh, uh, governing your passions by your well-formed intellect, saying no to your disordered appetites. You cannot live a life, a reckless life, and say, oh, I said the sinner's prayer at a Billy Graham crusade last week or at a Raul Reese crusade. I said the sinner, I'm going to heaven. And you continue to live, to, 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 to live an interiorly 
disordered life. You ain't going to heaven, dude. That works. You got to mortify your interior faculties, your interior senses. If you don't do that, I don't care what comes out of your mouth. Oh, Jesus is Lord. You ain't going to be saved. Jesse couldn't say it any clearer. Thank you. Let's (laughs) let's let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Put your seatbelts on full sheen ahead because we're going to talk about Satan. Bishop Sheen says. Very, and then I want Jesse to comment, because this is my Jesse Romero Fulton Sheen quote. <laughs> Very few people believe in the devil these days. So that's right now. They don't. Hmm. Which suits the devil very well, Bishop oh, Sheen yeah. says. Oh, yeah. He is always helping to circulate the news of his own death. <laughs> the essence of God is existence, and he defines himself as I am who am. The essence of the devil is a lie, and he defines himself as I am who am not. Satan has very little trouble with those who do not believe in him because they are already on his side. Wow, Jesse, does that not set the stage for us today? And That's 50 years ago he wrote that. I have to say, if you think about what's going on today compared to 50, 60 years ago, we're much worse off in the sense the devil has been running loose like a, like a lion. Terry, and, and, and people don't, it's, it's not uh, a very pleasant thought to think. The truth, but, though. But, yeah, but the Bible does tell us yeah. that there are people on earth mm. that are sons of the devil. Mm. I'm going to show you two passages. Good. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ tells the Pharisees, he says, in John chapter 8, he says, You are of your father, the devil. So Jesus calls the Pharisees in his time. That's the leadership of the Old Testament church. He says, you, Old Testament magisterium, are of your father, the devil. Wow. John the Apostle also says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, he says, there are, so he's talking about planet Earth, the cosmos and, and life on Earth. He says, there are the sons of God, and the sons of the devil. Two teams. Who said it? Our Lord Jesus Christ, John the Apostle, we believe it, Holy Bible, highest source of divine revelation. Well said. When we come back from our break, Jess, we're going to have Tucker Carlson on. What? Yeah, well, it's a recording of a a presentation defending life and also quoting St. Paul in a way that was so manly. And I thought, man, I wish our priests and bishops would speak like that. I know one bishop that does. His name's Bishop Joseph Strickland. And I plan to play this clip on his show next week because you won't want to miss this. It's worth listening to, especially what he had to say about defending life. And that, to me, tells you where he's at. And I'm grateful that he's on our team in the sense of defending life in this world that acts like God doesn't exist. Stay with us, family. Jess and I are too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, we'd be billionaires. Yeah, that's true. Join us. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. Jess Romero, Terry Barber. We've got Tucker Carlson in a presentation that he gave that Jesse was outstanding. I would encourage everyone to listen to the whole presentation. Jess is the one who found it. So I just want to ask yourself this question when you listen to this man. Does this sound like a man of faith? 
It sure sounds to me like that. Let's play the clip. And, and re- remember, this is a political speech. I know, but he's... But he sounds like a prophet more than a, po- than a political speech. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. And those of us who grew up in a secular world being taught that people are motivated by instinct designed to continue the species, pause at that and say, wait a second, how does killing your own children advance the cause of perpetuating the species? It doesn't. In fact, it's an attack on that. So it's not a natural human function to want to kill your own children, actually. That's an idea, an impulse that was introduced. Outside forces are acting on people at all times throughout history in every culture on the planet to convince people that if they sacrifice their children, they will be happy and safe. And that's exactly what this is. This is a religious right. This is not a policy debate. They're not telling you that some girl got raped at 13 and she needs to go to college and therefore, unfortunately, we need to abort the child. No, that was 20 years ago. Now they're saying abortion is itself a pathway to joy. Really? So this is not a political debate. This is a spiritual battle. There is no other conclusion. Take more drugs and be happy? Right, okay. Less conscious, less aware. Give your soul over. Dull yourself. Become a robot. Really? Those are the promises they're making? Okay. So how do you respond to this? And that's what I've been thinking about all day. I went on my morning walk with my dogs in Maine this morning, from which I derive much wisdom every morning, my wife and I. And... um, my, and I, by the way, I'm not a theologian. I'm the opposite of a theologian, so don't take any theological insight from me at all. I'm just a reader, okay? And here's what's jumped out at me. So my second favorite character in the New Testament is Paul. And I, I think, from what I can tell, the bulk of the New Testament is written by or about Paul. He's a leading character in this drama, I would say. And, and I think just an amazing person because he was not a good person. He was like a horrible person. He was on his way to murder Christians, when he was knocked down and blinded and then pivoted on a dime and devoted his life to spreading the gospel. So I find it very inspiring that a truly awful person could become one of the great people of all time. That's reassuring. (laughs) But the two qualities that really jump out of the story of Paul's life, first and most obviously is the courage. This is like the bravest guy ever. There's not a letter he wrote where he didn't have a sword hanging over his neck. He expected at any moment he murdered, and I think the consensus among historians is, in the end, he was. He was murdered, as were all of his friends. But he lived with the certainty that he was going to be killed for his beliefs every day. And he was totally unbothered by it, completely. He was just moving as fast as he could in the time allotted. He didn't know how much he had, but he just kept going, but he was never afraid. As his boat was sinking in the med, in his year-long journey, and you know, everyone with us freaking out, totally fine. Oh, we're shipwrecked, no problem. <laughs> never afraid. And by the way, why would he be afraid? He believed his fate was sealed. He was going to join Jesus. He was going to heaven. He was totally convinced of that. And it seems to me maybe the one takeaway is, like, that's table stakes in Christian faith. Fearlessness. That is actually the marker of it. Are you afraid or are you not? Well, if you're afraid, then you're kind of not doing it right, are you? Like, there's no excuse for being afraid. 
and I don't, I don't want to take this opportunity that you've so graciously given me to spend the next 40 minutes pounding on the Episcopal Church, so I won't. But I grew up in it. You know, my ancestors were in it, high-level people in it. I married into it. I was educated in it. I educated my kids in it. I was as firmly ensconced as that church as you could be, even as it crumbled around us and became this very aggressively pagan institution. But we stayed because it's hard to leave something you grew up in. But the moment that we left for good, and actually really, it was the greatest thing we ever did, really got to understand God better once we left church. Weird how that works. But, um, <laughs> but the moment that catalyzed it for us was COVID, which was really an amazing and clarifying experience. And I'm just, as, as sad as it was, I'm so grateful that we lived through that because everything became so much clearer than it was. But the church that we went to closed for COVID and they closed their Christmas service. And we have this, the one thing about the Episcopal Church, we have this amazing liturgy written by actual Christians. And we have lessons and carols, this like ritual that I grew up with, my wife grew up with, her father's Episcopal minister, and we love it. And all of our children come home and we go to it and it's just this beautiful service and they cancel lessons and carols. And I know I'm revealing how shallow I am, but I just wanted to go to the service because I love lessons and carols. I love all the carols and I love all the lessons. And they didn't have it. And I said to my wife, well, why aren't we having lessons and carols? Like, that's like a requirement. There's no Episcopal church without lessons and carols. Like, what? And she's like, well, COVID and the minister sent this letter. Here it is. She is afraid that she's going to, you know, die from COVID. And I was like, well, she's afraid she's going to die? Why is she worried about dying? She's a Christian minister. Like, why should she care? Dying? If you're afraid to die, then you don't really mean it, do you? No! Jesse, I would have played more, but I wanted your comment. No, really, weren't you impressed of the things this man said? It was spot on about St. Paul. Terry, this man... Uh, is on a, definitely on a journey. Oh, I and it's, see it. it's 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 uh, again. It's just like anybody else. Uh, Candace Owens will become a Catholic one day. Uh, Jordan Peterson will become Catholic one day. Tucker Carlson will become Catholic, despite the Pope and despite some of the bad things happening. Oh, yeah. It's because they're people of goodwill that, like Aristotle said, they 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 want to pursue the truth. And and they know truth when they hear it. Mm-hmm. It resonates in the human soul. Yes. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you, tell me. half of what Tucker Carlson said, I wish this would be said by the successors of the apostles Amen. in the Catholic Church. Amen. He said something, Terry, which very few bishops would dare say. He called abortion in this speech. I mean, we didn't hear yeah. this in the whole thing. No, it was more he true. called it a form of human sacrifice. That's right. How, Terry. How many bishops would would say that from the pulpit? Not many. Abortion is a form of human sacrifice. In fact, let me quote Tucker Carlson because I got the article. He says, this is what he said about the abortion regime. Yeah. He says, its business is the ancient sin of child sacrifice. Right. This is not a political debate. This is a spiritual battle. A form of human sacrifice. Terry, that's... a. He sounds like Father Frank Pavone. I know. He sounds like Judy Brown. <laughs> yep. He sounds like Joe Scheidler and, uh, yep. and you know, sure. uh, Mark Houck and all these other pro-life giants that we know. Yes. Uh, and uh, here's something else that, that he said. Tucker Carlson unleashed righteous fear in the abortion regime in America during mm-hmm. a recent address to Christians, stressing that anyone who advocates for the slaughter of the unborn 
is your enemy and that the practice of and that the practice of abortion is an evil religious right that is as old as time. Amen. Continue cuz yeah. This yeah. guy's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He, he the Center for Christian Virtue, yeah. a religious conservative outfit that advocates for public policies reflected of the truth of the gospel. They're mm. the ones that invited Good Dr. Paulson on September 21st to their gala in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, so he, Tucker Carlson was hosted. Carlson noted that, look at it, look at this. This is so New language. Testament, yeah, so biblical. Mm-hmm. This man has a biblical worldview, Terry. Yeah, says, I love it. Carlson noted that human sacrifice, ritual child sacrifice in particular, rears its head about every four chapters of all the sin of all the sins the ancients committed, that sin every single time it's described is called detestable. At least in the Revised Standard Version. Two more paragraphs. He says, "Wow." In virtually every instance, Carlson suggested that the terms of the sacrifice were more or less clear, in exchange for the annihilation of innocence and innocence. The bloody perpetrators would receive power and contentment and happiness. Well, that's exactly what politicians and Planned Parenthood received, Terry. That's true. Number one, every time you kill a baby, the demon gives them more power, more earthly power, more success, and more financial power. Yep. And it says here, every civilization on the face of the earth has engaged in it. The archaeological record tells us that human sacrifice, the sacrifice of children, the killing of children, is the one constant in human civilization, continued Carlson. And it says abortion has gone from being tolerated to celebrated. Exactly. What kind of sick people would tell you that killing your baby is a pathway to joy? That's a quote from Carlson. You know, his arguments, this is what I would show to people who are pro-choice, even the Catholics who are voting for abortion politicians, to say, listen to Tucker Carlson. If you don't want to listen to your to your Catholic faith, what this man does is he makes it, his arguments on the issue are just solid, Jesse. He makes it easy to realize that what we're doing is killing our future generation in this country through abortion. Think about 50, you know, just... But he he uses New Testament language in in a secular conference. But think about it, Jesse. It, It ties back into what we talked about yesterday. You got 50 million babies have been murdered in America since 1973. And then you hear that same side, the Democrats say, "Oh, we need to open up our borders because we need workers." Do you see the? You see the? The the it's it contradicts what they're saying. They're saying, "Yeah, we need more workers, but we're going to kill fifty million of our workers that would be here today." And then we're going to say, "But it's okay to have an open border because we need workers." See, it can't work both ways. And I think that what Tucker Carlson did, Jesse, is. He showed me that he's very close to becoming a Catholic, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, Saint yeah. Paul has his inspiration, and I'm going to tell oh, you. Yeah. Uh, read what Saint Paul has to say in the letter of Romans. You know, uh, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, the Book of Romans is so Catholic. It, it, I, I've always said that when you read the Book of Romans. I remember Scott Hahn saying that on that series he did. You know, Romanism and Romans. Romans. Hey, wasn't that the title? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and he show, and he just shows basically the Catholic, yeah, uh, the Catholic Church's understanding of salvation and justification is rooted yes. in the in Paul's exactly. book of, to the Romans. Yeah, what a Harry, guy! Thanks. Yeah, another, another thing that's important to Go mention ahead. is that is that uh, any any baptized Catholic who's a Democrat and advocates for abortion, specifically oh. the politicians, because they're the ones that have power, they will stand 
at their particular judgment, and they're going to have to answer for the sin of murder, mass murder. That's scary. Now, any Republican, especially a Catholic politician, who keeps his mouth shut on this issue, he will also stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ for cowardness, the sin of omission. I agree. So both sides are going to have blood on their hands, but... Objectively speaking, one side, the Democrats, has bloodier hands than the other because they propagate it. The other side just keeps their mouth shut. And if I could just make a suggestion, if you voted for that, for abortion, go to confession. Confess that sin because it is a sin. If you know that it's life and you're promoting it by voting for a politician, then, hey, confess it and move on and stop doing what you were doing with it. Amen. Pro-abortion. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back talk about Bossy and his fall from grace. Wow, Jesse, that last segment really inspired me. I mean it. A hair non-Catholic guy can inspire me about my position on pro-life. Thank you, Dr. I can say Dr. No, Tucker Carlson. Uh, yeah. Wow, thank you so much. He spoke like a prophet. Terry, we're going to talk now about, here, see, here's the difference between a, a Catholic conservative yeah. and a Protestant conservative. Exactly. And, and what I mean by that is that there's, because Protestants don't have the fullness of truth, right. they have a blind spot to them. Mm-hmm. And this article, it exposes the blind spot. So here are the players. Mm-hmm. Conservative, Protestant, and Coulter, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and conservative Catholic, Rick Sumtorum. Yep. Now, they would agree on a lot of issues, but I'm going to tell you where Protestants, this is, and this is the lack of them having a magisterium, perennial, you know, perennial teachings of the church, they don't have. So Protestants, on the issue of abortion, Terry, they're kind of all over the map. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. You go from one denomination to another. Right. And, and, and they'll take different positions on the issue of abortion. And virtually all of them reject the issue of contraception. That's, true. Okay? That's a fact. So, so, so here's, here's a classic example of what I'm talking about. The, the, the way the Protestant mind... As good as they may be in some issues, there is a blind spot. Okay. Conservative, and she's a Protestant, by the way, and Coulter, who I don't listen to because, again, uh, her, her understanding of the pro-life issue is just whack. She may as well be a, a liberal Democrat on that issue. Conservative and Coulter attacks pro-life law. Mm-hmm. And Rick Santorum, who, by the way, is a good Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, a good Catholic and a conservative yep. and Republican, by the way. That's true. He has an amazing amazing response for her. So, columnist and culture, who these days, these last couple of years, has become irrelevant because people have basically seen, you know what, she uh, she's so weak on the on the issue of life. We we have no we have no use for so nobody calls her anymore, which is good. So, columnist and culture has long had a reputation as a fearless conservative firebrand. Which is why it's so surprising to see her continue to attack pro-lifers. After pro-lifers lost in Ohio, Ann Coulter responded by saying 
pro-lifers are going to wipe out the Republican Party. <laughs> but now she's attacking pro-lifers because a Texas pro-life law wouldn't allow a mother to abort her child with, with trisomy, who's now 18. And Coulter tweeted the following. The pro-life movement has gone from compassion for the child to cruelty to the mother and child. That's Trisomy, who was 18, is not a condition that is compatible with life. But former senator and pro-life stalwart Rick Santorum pushed back at Coulter. So it, it seems to me as if Trisomy... Uh, is, is is now 18 years old, and I think Trisomy may have Down syndrome. That's the way I'm reading from this article. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Ann Coulter, she posted on X. She says, the pro-life movement has gone from compassion for the child to cruelty to the, to the mother and child. Uh, Trisomy is not, Trisomy age 18 is not a condition that is compatible with life. Uh, Texas Supreme Court rules against first woman to seek court, uh, court approved. Uh, so Rick Santorum, he posts on X his his daughter, her name is Bella. Which means beautiful. Yes. <laughs> who has Down syndrome. Yes. And he and he responds to it. Ann Coulter. Meet my incompatible with my meet my incompatible <laughs> with life daughter Bella. Awesome. Her documents put her on hospice at 10 days old. Other countries have much higher survival rates than the U.S. because they treat the baby, not the diagnosis. Every kid deserves a shot at life, not not by brutally dismembered for not being perfect. And just just so you know, Trisme is the is a condition. Ah, uh, thank that's you. That's not her name. Okay. Yeah, I was about I was about to look it up because I figured okay, it the is, way it reads, it's, it's a condition. Yeah. It's a condition. Right. Okay, but basically, yeah. uh, yeah. Ann Coulter, who calls herself a conservative, her position is uh, uh, is that, again, she's attacking pro-lifers because the Texas pro-life law wouldn't allow a mother to abort her child with trisomy. Yes. Okay. Trisomy 18. I guess that's that's the disease, trisomy yep. 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I guess Ann Coulter is advocating yeah. that, hey, come on, this kid has trisomy. You should be allowed to abort the child. Terry, you got any comments? Uh, my only comment is Rick Cernatorum was the perfect guy to answer. He he gave a presentation at our Wichita family conference about his daughter and about his wife. And it's just so inspirational because the world keeps saying that unless you're perfect, you don't you don't, you don't have a, a, a right to be born. And that's just wrong. That's not, you know, God doesn't make junk, as they always say. But I have a picture of her in, in the uh, Twitter account or X account, like I'll call it, of this beautiful girl with this beautiful dress on, with her little belt, smiling. And I'm, I'm going to ask Ann, Ann, should she be dead? Yes or no? That's all I ask people when I say, this is what you're saying. See, stop playing God, man. That's what I say. <sighs> and, and here's the problem. Now, I'm going to get a little bit, I'm going to put my uh, my political hat on. Go ahead, because she's okay. a champion for, for, yeah. for life. That's Rick Sunterum's daughter. Rick, yeah. So, here... This is why, again, America, and, and I'm going to give my buddy a plug here. Yeah, go ahead. Tim Gordon, he wrote a book. It's called yeah. Catholic Republic. Right. It says, why America will perish without Rome. Tim, Tim Gordon. Yep. Here's his argument. I've read the book, and I, I mean, his, his argument is brilliant. It's that 
America needs the Catholic faith because America, the way Tim argues, I'll make it simple. Sure. America's gone Gnostic. Yeah. In other words, we've uh, see the Catholic Church has an incarnational sacramental worldview. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jesus not only died for our souls, he died for our bodies. But America's embraced the Protestant ethic. It's more Gnostic. And again, this is kind of Gnosticism from and culture. Like, come on, a kid has trisomy 18. You, are you kidding? You're going to save the kid? You're, you're going to stop people from aborting a kid that has trisomy 18? Why? Because, again, the Gnostic worldview, remember, Terry, yep. matter doesn't matter. Right. Remember, the flesh is evil and Gnosticism. Yep. Protestant America has embraced Gnosticism on, on, on many issues. For example, the pro-life issue, the, you have a conservative here and culture saying, come on, you're not going to allow mom to abort the baby that's got trisomy 18? As of the baby's body's not going to feel pain as you're killing it. As of the baby doesn't have a right to live, as of that body doesn't matter. Matter matters. That's why God became a man. And we're going to celebrate that in two weeks here. Yep. And you also have that Gnostic elementary in, in, in America where, well, come on, you know, you could decide what you are today. You know, you're a man. Next year, you're going to be a woman. That's not, again, that's Gnostic. Yep. In other words, you're not looking at the body the way it actually is right. and the way the body reveals itself. You're going by your emotions. Your emotions decide what you are, not what your body reveals. And so in America, you have what I call 3M conservatives and 2M conservatives. I'm a 3M conservative and culture is a 2M conservative. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. And culture, 2M conservative would be somebody, okay, military, strong military, strong military, and money, 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 uh, the economy, the economy, jobs, jobs, jobs. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. We need a strong military to defend our borders and to, to defend our country uh, from foreign enemies and domestic enemies. Right. And we also need a good functional economy so that people get paid a just wage and so that people, uh, you know, so that the government isn't uh, violating the seventh commandment and stealing from people uh, through you know, overtaxation. So I, I'm okay with, again, we need to make sure that our finances are in order and our military is in order. But I'm a 3M conservative. Before those, I believe in morality. Yes. Morality, then money, the economy, then the military, our safety. In that order. The morality comes from God. God decides who marries. God decides who lives and who dies. Right. And so I'm a 3M conservative. When I, whenever I go to conservative events... You know, I tell Protestants, that, hi, Jesse, we're happy to see you. We see you on YouTube. And yeah, you wrote a book, uh, you know, on, on, on Trump and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, knocked off the donkey. People know who I am, even in Protestant circles. Yep. I'm kind of a, a vocal Catholic. And I'll say, they go, we're, the, we're on the same team. I said, yes and no. I said, because I'm a 3M conservative, you're a 2M. I want you to be a 3M. Here it is. Morality, money, military. Amen. And culture is not a 3M conservative. I get it. Yep. She's just about, hey, strong military. Yep. And money, money, money. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Economy. See, Terry, that's where the Protestants, because they don't have the fullness of truth, they don't have a sacramental worldview 
This is where they fall short. And see, you got Rick Santorum, a 3M conservative who just checkmated and Coulter, a 2M conservative. And you know, Jesse, moral theology in many of the Protestant churches, they don't see Doesn't that. Doesn't exist. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> no, I'm just saying because they don't have morals. And that's why yeah. contraception is okay, because yeah. they say, well, you know, uh, or abortion, oh, okay. No, we have that third M that you're talking about. I, I love the way you Morality. describe that because it's it's easy to remember the three M's. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, yeah, a lot of, when you look at a lot of the feedback here, yeah, uh, they're very they're very pro uh, pro Rick Santorum. Oh yeah, uh, it's one of them says this. Uh, God ain't political; he's personal. And uh, it says, you know, God bless Rick Santorum and his family. Another one: My cousin's daughter has trisomy eighteen. I guess that's a disease, yeah. and she's fifteen years old. Another one: Life is precious. Every child deserves a chance to give greater honor and glory to God. Uh, somebody else. It's, I, I I agree with this one. And culture used to be relevant. She's shown her true colors in the last five years. Bingo. Yeah, he nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed it. We come yeah. back, we're going to talk about Fossey, Fossey uh, and his yeah. Catholic, his Catholicism that he considers being a Catholic actually doesn't mean much about being a Catholic. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jesse, before we go on to this topic, yesterday we did an interview with Father Chad Ripperger on his two books, The Limits of Papal Authority Over the Liturgy. Wow. And also uh, his other book, Magisterial Authority. He he took me to school, and I just want to tell people... <laughs> Tomorrow, we're going to play that show, and you want to tell your friends about it because, I mean, I learned so much from Father Chad Ripperger because he, he does this homework. He does the Fathers of the Church. He takes the saints, and he takes magisterial teachings from, you know, popes that are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago and puts it all together. He does a great service for the Church, so that interview will be aired tomorrow. And, Jess, if, if you're like me, I, I think— that uh, many people are going to benefit from this interview. Oh, I'll be listening to it tomorrow. So tomorrow on the Terry Jesse Show, yeah. it's Terry Jesse and Father Chad Ripper. We picked his brain for an hour yep. on uh, the limits of papal authority in regards to the liturgy and also magisterial authority, Yes, what the church has always talked about in terms of the power or the limits of a pope. Fascinating discussion oh, yeah. taken from a super high information Catholic. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to my, Dr. Fossey. Oh, my gosh. St. Fauci. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and his fall from grace. Yeah, what so, a title. Yeah. So the COVID czar cites, uh, the, the COVID czar, Anthony Fauci, he cites personal ethics that don't reflect Catholicism. Get this. President Joe Biden's former chief medical advisor is taking heat for comments he made about his relationship to the Catholic faith. In a recent uh, interview with a BBC journalist at Georgetown University, Dr. Anthony Fauci said that while he identifies as Catholic, his relationship to Catholicism is complicated. What does he mean by that? Wait till you hear this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the 82-year-old COVID czar told Caddy Kay from the BBC... 
as they walked by the church where he and his wife were married, that he no longer attends mass. Hmm. No surprise. By just just some violation of the third commandment. So how does I'm he just saying? And Jesse, how does he justify not going to mass? Wait, this is so standard of fallen away Catholics. Go ahead. Anthony Fauci explained. Mm-hmm. I quote: I think my own personal <laughs> ethics on life are, I think, enough to keep me going on the right path. Oh, she deceived. Close quote, Fauci said. Wow. And I think, open quotes, and I think there are enough negative aspects about the organizational church, close quote. He continued, Fauci continued, adding that Kay was, quote, very well aware of the scandals, precluding the need for him to name them, close quote. Anthony Fauci, Terry, he's a, he's a moral relativist. Exactly. He's a, this is a classic example of a moral relativist. Yep. In other words... A moral relativist defines what is true for himself. Yeah. Forget what the third commandment says. Yeah. What's that got to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, thou shalt keep holy the Sabbath day. <laughs> and for us, the, the New Testament Sabbath is Sunday. Forget about what the, God says, unless you eat my body and drink my blood. John six fifty three. what the Son of God says. Yep. No, 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 no. Fauci is also guilty, Terry, of the, of the heresy of Pelagianism. Yep. I can save myself by my own personal ethics. That's the heresy of Pelagianism. So Anthony Fauci is a moral relativist. He's a Pelagian. And he's the, de- he, he's the poster child for lukewarm Catholicism. I think the Fathers of Mercy should make a picture of him. And Father Casey should carry it around the country <laughs> as he gives his lecture. <laughs> I can picture that. That would fit. But, you know, Jesse, this is indicative of a lot of fallen away Catholics. If you asked him, oh, I'm Catholic. Yeah, when was the last time you went to church? Uh, maybe 30 years ago. And they tell, like, you know what they think, though, also, Jesse? They have no uh, fear of judgment. You know what they think? I judge myself. <laughs> so, so what does God have to do with this? And boy, are they going to get a surprise, Jesse. They, they might believe in global warming here on planet Earth, but they're really going to believe in it because they're going to find out that it's for real in this next world. Oh, gosh. Wow. Gosh, gosh. So, so we have to pray for these people. Yeah. But this is millions of Catholics, I'm convinced. Millions of Catholics say, hey, my, my personal ethic process, I'm religious, I'm spiritual, but you know what? It's under my conditions, not mm. God's. Here's what Anthony Fauci says when yeah. he was asked by the BBC journalist about his faith. He says, I'm not against it. He <laughs> noted regarding the faith. I identify, identify myself as a Catholic. I was raised. I was baptized. I was confirmed. I was married in the church. My children were baptized in the church. But as far as practicing it, it seems almost like a pro forma thing that I don't really need to do. Wow. And you know, Jesse, I'm going to stick my neck out because I usually do <laughs> and say this. Some of the blame is on us, you and me. No, I'm yeah. serious. In uh, the it, last 60 years. Yeah. In the last 60 years, yeah. people who become Catholic, whether they go to Catholic school. I always joke. Some guy asked me the other day. Uh, he said, uh, what Catholic school did you go to? And I said, I never went to Catholic school. That's why I'm Catholic today. <laughs> and he chuckled. He says, you know, there's some truth in that. I said, I think so. Because the formation that's been going on for 60 years, the fruit of it is Fauci. Okay, Anthony, here he is. And, and Biden. And, and Biden. Biden. And, and Pelosi. Pelosi. Yeah, uh, the list goes on. Yeah. This is why we need to go back and catechize Catholics so that they know. I would be more comfortable if they understood with, you know, the Catholic faith and they just said, you know what? 
I understand I'm going to hell because I'm not going to go to church. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm fornicating. I'm committing adultery. I'm this, I'm that, because I'm, it's my decision. And I'd say, well, yeah, you have to live with that decision. I'm going to pray for you. But I actually respect that person more than someone saying, well, you know, it's, I'm the one who judges myself. I have my own morality. And, uh, yeah, that's who I am. And, you know, uh, I'm comfortable with that. And when I die, I'm sure I'm going to go straight to heaven. Man, they're deceived. <laughs> it says here, there are six precepts of the church, meaning the absolute minimum, minimum actions required of self-professed Catholics. The first of those is to attend Mass on Sundays and on holy days of obligation and rest from servile labor. The Sunday Mass obligation is the way Catholics fulfill the third commandment. Remember, keep holy the Sabbath. Uh, the, the BBC journalist told Fauci, I think you're overdue for confession. Yeah, <laughs> you think? <laughs> Intentional disregard for the Ten Commandments is considered grave matter. That's right. That's one of the three criteria comprising mortal sin. Yep. The other two criteria are deliberate consent to the will yep. and knowledge oh. that the action is the mortal sin. That's right. Mortal sin, Catholics understand, will send believers to hell for eternity unless they repent before death through the sacrament of reconciliation. Caddy Kay from the BBC posted a clip of the interview to Instagram on Saturday, generating a slew of scathing comments. Here's a couple yeah. of comments. First bullet. Yeah. I would imagine it would be hard for someone who thinks he's God to worship God. The second one is so true. Can Fauci be a moral narcissist? No, anymore, anymore. Can he... uh, anymore, anymore of a narcissist slap in the face to all Catholics? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Number three, I think you're overdue for confession, Fauci. Yeah, what a narcissist. If only his personal ethics had prevented him from lying to Congress. <laughs> he nailed it. That's true. The last comment refers to Fauci's allegedly having lied to Congress about his knowledge of U.S. taxpayer-funded coronavirus yep. research in Wuhan, China. Yep. Fauci, who was a director of the NIH, and an infectious disease, which is part of the National Institute of Health, uh, he told Congress on May 2021 that the NIH has, quote, never, has, has not ever and does not now fund gain-to-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, close quote. But Senator Rand Paul begs to differ. Yeah. August 2023, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky requested U.S. Attorney General Matthew Graves consider charging Fauci for making false statements in his May 2021 testimony about government grants for gain-of-function research in Wuhan labs. The senator was well aware of emails released by the House Select, uh, Select Subcommittee mm -hmm. on the coronavirus pandemic that showed Fauci acknowledged that the risky research was occurring in Wuhan prior to the United States declaring a pandemic. Yep. Rand Paul, who's had a fiery history with Fauci, oh, big time. recently published a book called Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. The book unpacks the contradictions and flip-flops Fauci has made over the last several years. And in an October interview, just before the book was published, Rand Paul said, quote, I think the book will go a long way to convincing the rest of America that this man was a traitor to his country, close quote. And the senator added that Fauci deserves jail time. Here, here. Of course, here. I agree. Another commentator up the ante saying that Fauci's remarks to the British reporter, quote, his moral compass should send him directly to hell with no stop in purgatory, close quote. 
Yeah, well, when I came wow. to bed, the news, wow. you can't be in purgatory and go to hell, okay? Uh, so someone go. made a, they, they don't know their <laughs> theology. I had picked up on that real quick. Hey, yeah. hey, Jess, here's the bottom line. I want to pray for this man, Anthony Fauci, because he's lost, and he's, no, he's an man. example of God. what bad catechesis has done in this country. So let's say a prayer, Hail Mary, for him. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Seed of Wisdom, please pray for pray Anthony for him. and pray for, for all, all Catholics who are and Catholic in name. And Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, all of them. We pray for them that they will come to know the fullness of the truth of the gospel and respond in a positive way. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless him. Wow. Terry, one of the problems is that the Tell Hippocratic me, Oath, and we yeah. talked to uh, yeah. your friend, the Dr. doctor. Fifth from, from Dr. Baumgartner. Yes. We did, well, by a couple of years ago, yeah. we did a program on the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. Guess what, Terry? It's no longer the new version just says a doctor yeah. will do nothing illegal. So the words have been changed from Hippocrates. Yeah. yeah. So the new, the new Hippocratic Oath, yeah. uh, the doctors no longer are required to take any kind of oath. Uh, because it's been modified. Yeah. And it excludes any reference to abortion. And you know, Jesse, Dr. Baumgartner told me when he graduated from UCLA back in the early 80s, they had that oath. And then when he was teaching there about 20 years after, because he's a renowned surgeon, he, he was told by the university, you can't do that. And they stopped him. So he walked away from it. Wow. Dr. Baumgartner, uh, Steve, he, he's, a, he's a pro-life doctor and we need more guys like him because guess what he did? Stood up for his rights. Hey, Jess Romero, what uh, state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Yep. Don't live in a state of mortal nope. sin. Remember, wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. Wake, Open your heart to Jesus. Amen. Global warming alert. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Make sure that before you die, you leave it all out in the field. Amen. And I always say this because it's true. Dr. Fashi uh, and all Dr. Uh, I should say all of the politicians that are Catholic in name only, Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. And we pray for Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe, all these guys. Why? Because they need our prayers. Because souls are going to hell without our prayers. And we can unite those with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. May God richly bless you and your family. And thanks for joining us. And up next is the doctor's end. Stay with us on vmpr.org. God bless you.